I'm excited that I know God's going to impact you in the next 30 to 40 minutes. And I know that I know that I know that the Holy Spirit is taking total control of this, this place. And I believe strongly that there is a word for you. And I know that the Holy Spirit was, was just was, was wrecking me when it came to this verse, when it came to this preaching. And I've had some time to do it. And I'm happy because I know that it will impact you in a mighty, mighty way. Let's look at the book of Luke, verse 8. Today's message is called Legacy Faith 2022. I had a message called Legacy Faith about four years ago, three years ago. But you see, as time goes by, as things occur in life, as a problem sometimes occur, as good things occur, ups and downs occur, things occur in life, what happens is that you learn and you grow. Hallelujah. And what ends up happening is one year you have one iPhone, the next year you have another iPhone, and what happens is you continue to update and continue to grow. So this is the updated version. How many of you know that you got to constantly be updating your software. Come on, church. How many of you know that what God has for you today is not the same that he had for you yesterday or two years ago? How many of you know it's good to update your software? You are an updated version today. You are not the same person you are today that you were two, three, four years ago or even months ago. Unfortunately, some people don't like to be updated. They don't like to update. I'm not going to lie. In my life, I like to update. But there's times like my phone, I don't like the update. Sometimes I don't like to update it. But it's good to update it. Why? I'm talking about my phone now, guys. Don't look at me weird now. Hallelujah. Being updated is a good thing because now your software is going to run better. It's going to be stronger. You're going to be able to resist all those viruses and those hackers that try to get in your phone. Come on now. This is your life. You need to constantly be updating daily, feeding yourself, updating yourself. So this is the updated version. Hallelujah. Legacy Faith 2022. And the Lord told me to talk about a story that many of us know about. But it will impact you in a different way. Because the Lord was showing me something different. So now I'm going to tell you something different. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the book of Luke 8, 43 through 48. It says here, And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. No one, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him. Excuse me. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. This is Jesus' cloak. What does the cloak mean? It's the border. Another King James Version puts this as the border of his garment or the hem of his garment. And immediately her bleeding stopped. Verse 45, Jesus said, who touched me? Jesus asked. When, the, when they all denied it, remember, this is Jesus. I'm going to pause right there. Jesus is squatted. Jesus has an entourage. He is Jesus. Multitudes are surrounding this man. If you think that 
The smallest, richest individual in this earth that has, you know, Michael Jordan walks in here. Mom, some of you are he's going to have an entourage. Some person that's famous is going to have an entourage. Jesus had a big entourage. Multitudes were around him. Everywhere he went, his disciples were with him. So think about it. Jesus is walking around the town, and all of a sudden, he says, who touched me? This is good. You would be saying amen. amen. Come on, church. Then it says here, verse 45, who touched me, Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, someone touched me. I know the power has gone out from me. Wow. Verse 47 says, then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came in trembling and fell at his feet in the presence of all the people. She told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Father God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. I thank you, Lord, because of what you are doing Father God, and what you are going to continue to do. Father, use me as your vessel, as your instrument. Father God, take away any of my desires. May only be you right now speaking through my lips that the power of the Holy Ghost takes total control over here and all of those watching me live on the internet. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we get to the whole story, I told you the story, but I want you to understand that this issue with blood is basically... It's, you know, that, that time of the month for the woman that happens normally a couple of days out of the month. But she had this constant bleeding. Her menstrual cycle didn't stop. She was bleeding constantly for 12 years. Now, you can imagine when you are sick and this is happening. Imagine how she must have been feeling. Not knowing. She's been to a bunch of doctors. None of them were able to help her. Twelve years have gone by. She's already having that issue in her heart, right? That she knows that, man, I may die any day. I'm bleeding. And this is, we're talking about thousands of years ago, guys, before we had any modern medicine. But let me tell you also another thing that occurs during this time, in these ancient times, when a woman, and this also happens today too in, 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 in Israel, listen, when I was in, quick parentheses, because I'm going to tell you something and how I know this, I not only graduated with UM from master, uh, excuse me, a um, major in international business, but I also had a minor in, Judy, in Judaic studies. I went to Israel and I lived there for six months studying Judaism, the Mishnah, the Talmud. So I know what I'm saying when I'm speaking to you about right now. Let's end that parentheses, okay? I don't like to give myself glory. It's all glory to God. But I want you to know I know what I'm saying because I've been taught this and I've seen this. There's some really high Orthodox Jews. And when it's the time of the month for the woman, the woman is considered contaminated. Believe it or not, they even leave and go to a separate quarters until she's done. 
and her menstrual cycle is complete. This sounds a little weird. This still occurs today. The reason why I'm bringing this up, because thousands of years ago, the religion was way, way more extreme. Not everyone's orthodox anymore. And when a woman bled, it meant that she was contaminated. As a matter of fact, look what it says here. Not only was she was had an issue of blood, but everyone knew about it, and no one wanted to get near her. And look what it says here. Check this out. Look at this article. Separation due to menstruation had both public and private aspects. Because of the prohibition on entering the temple, you can never enter the temple because in that, they, this is what they believe, okay, that you are an impure person while you are in your menstrual cycle. So why am I bringing all this up? Look what it says here. Because of the prohibition on entering the temple in a state of ritual impurity, this manifestation of female physiology clearly limited contact for women. Menstrual impurity served as a factor for determining female status in the environment. Food or objects that required a ritual state of purity could not be touched. So imagine... Because then it would be impure, touching, and even a man touching a menstruated woman or what she sat or laid on yielded impurity until sunset. Obviously, we don't agree with that here in this church. I'm just letting you know what happened in those times. Why am I bringing this up? Because this is not just a woman that had a problem in society. She was in solidarity for 12 years. The thing was big. It was bad. She was going through it. She wasn't only fearful for her life, but imagine a woman that has that now also knowing I may not ever even have a family. I wouldn't even be able to have a baby. Everyone in town knew about the issue. She was living 12 years humiliated. Couldn't get near anyone. Everyone knew or thought, quote unquote, that she was impure. And that she had a problem. You see, I love how Jesus, you think Jesus does not know the problems that this woman was having? Jesus was in the multitudes. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Jesus was in the multitude surrounded. And the Bible says that he felt someone touch the hem of his garment. Put there the picture that I, that I wanted to show them i want you to understand what back in the day they wore garments okay you see that right there the bottom part is where well normally they, so yeah the hem is the bottom part they did it you know if you look at the behind the the sandals the hem would be the little things dangling back there you see what it is on the bottom like he couldn't even feel that imagine peter said but god there's multitudes around you how do you know which person touched you you see, she knew that Jesus was coming to town. Oh, my God. She knew Jesus was going to be there. She heard of this Jesus. She believed in this Jesus. She said, if I can only get close to him and touch him, I will be healed from my sickness. And look what Jesus says. In verse 47, excuse me, verse 48. Then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. And then I want you to go back to 45. Look what it says here. Jesus says, who touched me? 
Then we know what Peter said about the crowd. Verse 46 said, this is what, what really impacts. Someone touched me. I know that power has gone out from me. Jesus knew exactly who touched her. Jesus knew exactly what was going on. He asked that question because not only did he want the woman to come and confess that it was her, but he knew that the others, the people that were around him, knew that this woman was a sick woman. What is she doing here? She's not worthy. No, but Jesus turns around, wants her and everyone to see that I will embrace you no matter what. I will show you that with your faith, believing in me, anything could be possible. Hallelujah. Your healing. You see, that blood represents many different things for many different people. That blood is a representation of our problems. That blood is a representation of maybe you have a sickness, legit sickness, physically. Maybe you have a problem mentally. Maybe you have a problem with addiction. Maybe you have a problem with your family. Maybe you have a problem with your finances. Your faith can heal any problem. Your faith is what moves the heart of God. Your faith is what will allow you to be healed. Your faith in Jesus, you understand that he says, I felt a power come out of me. Oh my Lord. That power is the faith. That power is the spirit of God that moves and makes things happen in your life for the better. Give yourselves a round of applause if you believe that. Your faith. You see, that faith left her a legacy. You see, legacy faith, real faith leaves a legacy. Many people think it's legacy like the day you die and your children and your generations. Yes, that is part of a legacy. That's very true. It most definitely is a legacy. But faith, real faith, not fake faith. What is fake faith? Well, we see that a lot. There's a lot of, I would call it some, I would even dare to say some, some people in Miami have called Miami faith. <laughs> Why would I say that? Not everyone in Miami, but they show you one thing and it's completely opposite of another. Let's call it Instagram faith, right? Everyone only shows their good, their good things there and no one talks about, just like, you're not real with it. You can have faith and you, many of us have fallen on this. There's been times where God has given us a vision that we believe something, but we don't put action behind it. You still have faith, but you didn't get what you were believing for because you didn't do the corresponding action. Faith without works is dead. So you can have fake faith. We've all have fallen to it. Now, how fake are you? I don't know. Or you want to have the real legacy faith, the true faith, the one that once you believe it, you put action behind it. You put works behind it because you know, regardless of what you go through, you keep believing. You keep pursuing because you know that there'll be a power that's going to come upon you. And it will open new doors for you. Heal whatever, whatever problems you may have. Fix whatever you thought was unfixable. Because there's power in your faith. And once that happens, then you'll leave a legacy. When you have true faith. Because when you have true faith, then it marks you. It's part of who you are. Oh, I went through that. I beat that. Because I believed. 
because God helped me get through it. I believed in God and he got through it. And I got through it because of his power and because I continued to believe. Listen, this isn't up to God anymore. It's up to us. The woman got healed because of her faith in Christ. You're not going to get what you want unless you, you put, you project your faith in God. Stop blaming God. This isn't God's fault. It's our fault. You don't get it? Don't blame God. Blame yourself. If you're receiving something, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Amen. Amen. True faith will always leave a legacy. When you give and you believe something that God has given you, you activate your faith towards it. You continue to pursue it. You put work behind it. Whatever you're going to get, whatever, whatever you achieve, then that is going to glorify God. And that leaves a legacy. Legacy faith. You're glorifying God. You're honoring God. True faith. True faith. Now, this is another good one. Hallelujah. So I'm say, you're receiving, say amen. Hallelujah. In order for you to obtain legacy faith, some of you, man, everyone always has, everyone has desires and wants. It's hard to obtain them. It's hard to, you know, man, make it, make it reality. That's the goal. But you see, not many people want to go through this process. And what is it that you need to do in order for you to really leave a legacy, have a legacy faith? Have a faith that you know you're going to get whatever you believe for, you know you're going to get. When you get to that level, it's because you have done something, and I call it stretching. You need to learn to stretch. All right, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to explain it. Stretch. Let's look at the physical body. When you want to, let's pretend I want to, let's pretend one day my goal is to do a split. I cannot do a split right now. But you see, that's a, I'm, I'm like reaching. That's a, that's a stretch in my faith, thinking that one day I can actually stretch and do a split. <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's awesome. You can. Praise the Lord. But I'm going to give you guys an example. If you're with me, say amen. So, if I want to get to one day doing a split, what do I need to do? I need to start to stretch. But not one day to the next. If I stretch one day and tomorrow I don't do a split, I'm just going to give up? No, you got to go little by little by little by little. Keep on stretching. Little by little. And eventually there will be a time, there will be a day. You see, stretching hurts. You see, stretching is necessary. I stretch as much as I can before I go to the gym because I want to make sure that I don't get an injury. Oof. I'm getting somewhere with this. When you stretch your faith, you are believing for something more than what you have. That's already the first step. You want something additional. God's a God of escalation. God expects us to stretch. The problem is... On the way to get to your goal, are you, are you, 
how do I put this? Your smaller goals, are you achieving them to get to your bigger ones? If I want to get to do a split one day, I need to stretch daily. It's going to hurt, but I got to go a little more one day, a little more the next day, and a little more, and a little more until you get it. Sometimes we ask God for things. We don't get it in our time, but God knows if you try to do that split, you are going to tear a muscle. And you will be tearing your spiritual muscle, and eventually you may even turn your back on him. You see, sometimes God promises us all of these great things. Why don't we have it? Because you probably aren't ready for it yet. You don't want to go through the process. So many people just want the finished product, but don't want to go through the process. How many people give up on their dreams because they just want the end result? They don't want to go through the process. They don't want to stretch their faith. You got to stretch. You got to stretch. Say, I'm going to stretch. Hallelujah. You need to understand that you have to stretch your faith, your spiritual faith. Stretching is not easy. Stretching hurts, but I promise you, with the time you keep believing, you don't stop. You continue to come to church, hallelujah, and get fed the word of the Lord Jesus because you know that that's going to strengthen your faith, amen? And then you understand the more and more you receive, the more and more knowledge. The Bible says my people perish because of lack of knowledge. It's good that you're here. It's good that you just don't only come once a week, but you got to listen to some podcasts. You got to get fed every day. You got to be updating your software every single day. Hallelujah. You got to be able to stretch. The same works with your faith. Stop trying to make a move today that you know you're not flexible enough to do. I'm being serious. Stop thinking that you have to know that before you get to the... Before you get to the second grade, you got, before you get to the for second grade, you have to pass the first. It's great that you want to get to graduate high school in the 12th grade, but focus on passing the fourth grade exam to get to the fifth, to get to the sixth, to get to the seventh. Amen? Now, some people are smarter than others. Some people advance quicker, but you got to pass the same tests. Stop looking at your neighbor Everyone's life is different. Everyone's problems is different. Everyone's path is different. Your problems aren't my problems. Your issues are not my issues. Your goals are not my goals. That's why God says it's never to judge. There's only one that judges, and that's, that's God. None of us should be judging anyone. We're called to uplift each other, my friends. Hallelujah. Not to be looking down on anyone. But the point is, you got to go through a process. It's in the journey. This is a constant journey. Life is a journey. And I want to make sure that my, my journey, I'm pleasing my father. Because not only is faith without works dead, but without faith it is impossible to please God. Put your hands together. Amen. Hallelujah. Your faith moves the heart of God. That woman, when she touched the hem of his garment, 
There were so many people around. You see, that moved the heart of God because God knew how much her faith, how much she really believed that God was going to heal her. How much Jesus was going to heal her. You, it's time to move the heart of God in every situation in your life. It doesn't matter what you're going through. If God is with you, who can be against you? Your legacy doesn't mean the time that you're dead. That's a plus. When we go with our Father in heaven, we know God's going to take care of us and our future. But I want to see my legacy when I'm alive. How many of you want to see your legacy when you're alive? How many of you want to flourish in the promises of God while you're still breathing? I want the promises to now. Hallelujah. Faith is the basis of Christianity, church. How do you receive Jesus Christ? How do you take the first step? Through faith. By believing that Jesus died. It's the first step. You can't be saved if you don't have faith. You can't conquer if you don't have faith. You won't have peace if you won't have faith. You can't have dominion if you don't have faith. You can't have authority if you don't have faith. You can't overcome if you don't have faith. You can't have restoration if you don't have faith. You can't have freedom if you don't have faith. You won't have healing if you don't have faith. And you'll never be able to please God without faith. You want to dominate? You want to see your life change? Have a faith, a true faith, a legacy faith. And I promise you, your lives will never be the same again. Stand to your feet, church. Hallelujah. It is the most crucial part of Christianity. Our faith. Stretch. You have to stretch. Say, I'm going to stretch. My faith. Hallelujah. Say it again. I'm going to stretch my faith. And when you stretch, you got to stretch. You got to reach out for it. But don't get, don't get weary, man. Don't grow faint. Don't allow the enemy. The enemy knows perfectly well about all of these issues. The enemy knows perfectly well about your life, about your problems. He loves to bring your problems to you. He loves for you to remember your problems. He'll love for you to remember what's in front of you right now. How you believing for something. If you don't have it, like why? You're never going to get that. Why are you believing for that? You don't remember last time what happened? Yeah, well, listen, I have a God. I serve the Jesus Christ. He's the, the same resurrecting power that resurrected him from the grave can resurrect your dead dream that you think is dead. I've tried all these things. It's never worked. Well, give Jesus a try. Stretch your faith. Believe. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't grow weary. Call those things that are not as though they were. That's biblical. Call those things that are not as though they were. You may not have it now, but you call it anyway because that's your faith. You see, you see it in here. You may not have it right now physically in front of you. Something may be going on with your family. You're saying it's impossible. He's way too addicted to drugs. Okay. Stretch your faith. Listen, I just don't have any money. I can't even pay the rent. Stretch your faith. 
I saw this in a movie. Actually, one of my favorite movies. It probably is my favorite movie. And um, it's a, he said, a wise man once said, if death looks at you in the face and smiles, all a man can do is smile back. What are you saying? Well, listen, I don't know if that man had Jesus or not, but I'll tell you what. If death did try to come at me, I'm smiling right back at that face. You know why? Because I know that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When poor poverty comes and tries to attack me, I'm smiling right back at his face. Because I know who takes care of me. I know that my God supplies all my needs. When something tries to come against my family, I smile at that demon. I smile at all of that because I know who's with me. I smile at anything that tries to come against my health. I smile back because you know who's with you and you know he'll never leave you you'll never forsake you you stretch your faith when you smile back at your problems smile back because God is with you and I promise you no one no one no enemy no no sickness no no poverty issue nothing no issues with your family nothing is greater than the blood that was shed on that cross for you hallelujah smile back at your problems and worship your king giving him thanks because he's in total control of every area in your life hallelujah right where you are look what it says here jeremiah 29 11. for i know the plans i have for you declared the lord plans for welfare and not for evil plans to give you hope and a future hallelujah you can't give up. You can't. Don't allow the enemy to win. Don't allow the enemy to win. God wants you to have it. I feel like some of you may be feeling like giving up. Or those of you that are watching me live as well. If you feel depressed, call on God. If you feel discouraged, call on God. If you feel like giving up, call on God. If you feel like throwing the towel, call on God. If you feel like losing hope, call on God. If you feel like your family is going under, call on God. If you feel stressed, call on God. If you feel worried, call on God. If you feel like killing yourself, call on God. Look what it says here in Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, and I will answer you. Call on God. Don't give up. Stretch your faith. Don't allow the enemy's plan to hinder you. Call on God, and then believe it, and you will achieve it. Put your hands together. Hallelujah.